Welcome to One Long Conversation. I'm Sonia. And I'm Colby. This is a podcast about spiritual awakening. Yeah, and through that we talk about art, culture, conscious parenting, and healing yourself so you can express and freely share your unique perspective with this world. This is a fun and informative conversation that we have daily, and we're sharing it with you. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Okay, so before we start on, when we have we have a, a listener who requested, you're the one who took the message. Yes, yes. What did she request? She requested that we uh, do the dietary needs of each specific sign. Okay. Which I think is a beautiful request, so thank you, uh, So Lovely Naturals. We appreciate you very much. Yes, we do. And thank you for finding me on Instagram. Um... So I want to put a disclaimer out first. This is not medical advice, and you need to do that when you're dealing with food and the FDA. Sure. This is not medical advice. I am a nutritionist, but what I recommend is that if you really want to dive deeply into like the best nutrition for you, if you want to have a session with me, I give online healing sessions. Do that so we can literally specifically create the diet that is optimal for you. And just know that changes as you change. So I want to put that out there as well. Yeah, this isn't advice. We're this just is having, not advice. I, I we're treat just this like about. we're just having fun, you know. And I, I think that diet is fun. It's supposed to be fun. We have all 12 signs comprising our chart. This is meant to be like a fun experiment. Experiment with things. I get it. Enjoy but there it. are people who will take it further than that, especially when people that listen to this, that follow me on YouTube and know that I'm a nutritionist. I just, I'm covering all the bases and I really do well, ethically I'm, have I'm, to do that. I'm not saying anything about what you're saying. So right. this is, this you're is nothing not, to do with I'm just putting saying. that out there because <laughs> of the, the public. And it's not like there's, you know, millions of people watching me, but nevertheless, the people that do follow me know that I am a nutritionist and that I do give out some nutrition recommendations. So I just wanted to put that out there as a disclaimer to start. It's what came to me intuitively when I was in the shower this morning. Put a disclaimer out there. So I am. Now to the fun. Okay. So I also want to talk a little bit about like with the dietary and the 12 archetypes, there are some medical astrologers and they're really, really good with this. One of them, I just was, was brought into my world through the astrology podcast with Chris Brennan and that's Kira Sutherland. And she's in Australia. She's a naturopath and she's a medical astrologer. And she actually made a chart that I got and I'm not going to I'm not going to pull it up or anything to read from it because it has your Bach flower remedies, your herbs, um, and the best food for each sign. And I did read that. Um, and for me, not all of it pertains to me. What I want to share is that this, what we're, what we're sharing in the fun of it, it's not only for those of you with your son in that sign, but I found that on her chart, my rising sign and my moon sign food recommendations, herbal recommendations, and homeopathy and Bach flower recommendations fit me more than my sun sign did. So 
in Vedic astrology, you are your moon sign first, because that's the hidden part of yourself that's actually making the most decisions in your life. And then when a Vedic astrologer meets you, they will ask after that what your rising sign is, because that's the part they're actually talking with. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the way that I've come to understand it recently, which I feel like covers all bases, is you have to consider equally the three I am's. There are three I am's that make up your chart. I am the sun. I am the moon and I am the rising. And the rising is comprised of uh, the relationship between the time and place that you were born, which is the lens that you come into looking through in this world. So that's a crucial I am. So when you're looking at your chart, you have to analyze things from I am whatever that is. I am Aries. I am also moon and cancer. So I am cancer. I am also Aquarius. Aquarius is the father. It's the son. One of the reasons why you're so strongly Aquarius, though, is because you have an Aquarius stellium in your Aquarius house. It rules the natural house of the 11th house in your chart. That has a huge effect on you. So say you were born under son Aquarius, but that's all you have. You would fit somewhat under Aquarius, but you'd probably fit more under your rising and your moon sign because the sun is not really that dominant in the chart. I'm also the exception to the rule on that. I'm born under Gemini, but I have a Gemini stellium. Yeah. And I and and it's very, you know, Venus and Mars and Midheaven and and Black Moon Lilith all in Gemini is really strong and has a huge influence on my chart. But I also have Virgo ascendant, and so both are ruled by Mercury. So I'm very mercurial. But I found that as I've gotten older, and this might be helpful for our listeners and our viewers, I have found that as I've been in this body longer, I am fitting more of my rising sign because we mature into our rising sign. It is the higher self. It's the wisdom that you mature into. I'm way more Virgo now. And you know this from living with me now. I am way more Virgo than I was when you were little. In hindsight, you have always been very Virgo in my time knowing you. <laughs> but I have to say that you have matured into the more beneficial qualities of Virgo yeah. in your older age. I was very, when you were little, I was very Gemini. When you were very little, you may not remember that, but I was incredibly playful. There, When you were a baby, it was just play, 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 play. And my moon in Capricorn was very much in control. Oh, we're going to create all the structure. We have to have a schedule. That's all very Capricorn. We have to have a schedule. We got to create the structure and we're building now. I'm building a human. (laughs) And I have to tell everybody. It's my reputation. I'm a mom. I'm mommy. And this is my son. And I'm presenting you to everybody. I was very moon in Capricorn. And as I've come, as I started really entering my 40s, I noticed the Virgo was taking over more. And I was struggling a bit with that within myself. And when I hit 50, it was like, okay, let's just accept this. And I really need to step into the service. So look for that. Like we talked about in the last episode about the fears and then the solutions for each archetype, really look at what is the best part of your rising sign? What is the most positive quality of it? And really focus on that and give to humanity from that lens. Mm-hmm. So and now I, I would say just to finish up with the the sort of like what it is that you're looking for if you're looking at when you're considering your chart, you're considering this in relation to diet. You're considering what your sun, your moon and your rising signs are. 
you also have to look for if there are any planetary rulers. So for example, uh, Sun in Aquarius is not very strong because the Sun is in detriment in Aquarius. A Sun in Leo is very strong because the Sun is in its native placement in Leo. A Sun in Aries is very strong because the Sun is exalted when it is in Aries. So those are two Sun placements that are like dominant and they will show dominantly in a person's chart. So a person with either of those two placements, they might feel that their Sun sign more represent, strongly represents them, regardless of what their Moon or their rising is, because especially if they have a day chart, it's all about the Sun. Um, if you're a Libra or an Aquarius, that's going to be the opposite of the case. It's not going to be dominant in you at all. And you might actually find that depending on what the rest of your chart has, you don't strongly identify with the sun. I have moon and cancer. That's his native placement. So what I'm getting at is that when we're considering something like diet, we're not just looking at the sun sign. We're not just looking at what the signs are. Even we're looking at what are the native rulers in each specific chart. And then we're looking at what sign pops out dominantly if you have Pluto and Scorpio, that means Scorpio rules your chart. That means that your diet is going to be Scorpionic, most likely, unless you have other chart rulers that are dominant or fighting each other. Absolutely. So for those of you that have strong Virgo in your chart, especially Virgo ascendant, if you don't have a strong sun, like if you're not sun in Taurus, or sun in Capricorn, or sun in Aries, or sun in Leo, you might have some afflicted digestive issues. I do. My sister did, who is also, Gen even though Gemini is a great placement for the sun, because Gemini and, and Leo are best buddies, there's still some detriment to it. It's not the most dominant sun sign. It's air. Air's it's not, air. Air's air not is, good in the sun. Air's not great in the sun. But with Virgo ascendant, if you don't have a really powerful sun and moon, and I don't have a powerful moon, my moon is in its fall in Capricorn. Mm -hmm. So... The Virgo comes in and it's, it's too much for the nervous system. So some of you with Virgo ascendant might notice that, that you might have some digestive imbalances. Microbiome is off, IBS. Some people even go all the way into Crohn's disease and diverticulitis and all of that. And so sometimes what has been labeled in a chart as what is like the optimal food for Virgo may not work for you if you have a detrimental moon or a detrimental sun or both. Mm. So you've got to keep that in mind as well. Like I'm, I'm looking at, okay, what's recommended for Virgo? Well, anything that doesn't overstimulate the nervous system and yet almost everything over nervous, overstimulates my nervous system and everything overstimulates my digestive system. And part of that is because I have a really challenging chart. I don't have any really strong placements in my chart. I don't have a planet and it's home sign. I don't have, I have, I have a lot of downfall, a lot of detriment, a lot of malefic planets, a lot of placements like that. I have a lot of fall planets. Mm -hmm. This is a life where I was like, no, let's go to the high level. <laughs> Pack it on. I'm an ancient soul. I could take it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, what the heck was I thinking before I came into this life? It's hard. It's hard on my body. So just know that. I want to put that out there as well. Okay, so let's go into Aries first of all. Mm -hmm. So know that for all the fire signs, if you are going to eat spice, you are going to exacerbate, and I'm going to use Ayurvedic terms here, pitta, mm -hmm. fire. You are going to fuel your fire. You may feel very drawn to oh, spice. Oh, you will be so attracted to spice. Because it 
it gives you that high, that feeling, and you can take it. And that's the thing is a lot of people think that because they can take it, that it's something that they should be eating. Uh, but that's not always the case as we will get into. No. So just know we're talking about the elements. All fire signs are going to be attracted to fiery foods, heated foods, and probably like eating like... Having a souffle in Paris brought to your table and the guy puts a flamethrower in it and lights it up, that may be really fun for you, fire signs, but it's probably not the most optimal way for you to balance your internal system, okay? So we're just putting that out there. <laughs> like if you're a fire eater and that's your thing with Cirque du Soleil, you might like that, but swallowing <laughs> fluid lighter and all that that lighting fluid that may not be optimal for your body even if you're attracted to it or s'mores or things like that s'mores aren't good for oh, anybody yeah. but that would the be fire something signs are also very attracted to sugar the fire signs are attracted to sugar and anything smoked and mm -hmm. smoky doesn't mean it's good for you smoke's not smoked is not good for anybody mm -hmm. smoked food Charred food, that's cancer, that's carcinogenic. So just know that. I just want to put like that out there. Air signs will be attracted to dry and airy, lack of water, and air signs need water. And light, light foods, foods that don't really feel like they have as much of an impact I know. on your and system. And as an, as an air sign, like I, like I was like the salty fried snack queen. Mm -hmm. Like as a kid, I loved salty, dry, crunchy food, dried peanuts, and you dried very potatoes. very quickly, if you subsist only on this, become a shriveled husk. You, <laughs> you will have so much gas and bloating. Your body will let you know air signs for all the air signs. And water signs, you're going to be attracted to alcohol soup su like water signs love sugar sugary sugar. sweets puddings nana nana and i do find oh, as man. a water sign you may be attracted to some of those uh more negative pitta dominant things too oh i know because the pitta can sometimes make the water feel uh really good as we kind of pointed out with the alcohol thing water signs can be attracted to distractions because it can yeah. be very heavy to be in, can be very, in a very watery, heavy. in a water dominant chart that can feel very heavy. And Too food much is a water. distraction for water. Also, water signs can sometimes also get into cold liquids. And in Ayurveda, cold liquid is a no-no for all the signs. True. You want to warm, you want to warm up or heat your liquids. You know, just because I, as I've shared this before, I'm a raw foodie and people say, well, do you drink hot tea then? Yes, I drink hot tea. Cheers. Hot tea, hot tea for all the signs. Green tea, if you're not drinking green tea, and if you can't handle the caffeine, de decaf. But, and for earth signs, heavy comfort food. My father's a double Taurus. Heavy, heavy baked casseroles, overbaked, twice baked potatoes when we were growing up. He loved twice baked potatoes. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, how much more do you need to cook that? It's heavy potato starches, heavy yeah. proteins, starch, sugar. And he wasn't even into sugar as much as oily, oily heavy foods. foods. Absolutely. That's too kapha. That's too earth water for you. You're now earth signs need more spice. If you are dominant in, in the earth signs, you will find... That And this goes for water, too. If you're dominant, you'll find that you have a tendency to eat too much and you will fatten very quickly. Way too much. And you need to you need to move more. So mm -hmm. that being said, we've laid down that foundation. Mm -hmm. Now let's get to Aries. Mm -hmm. So, again, 
optimal foods for Aries, I would say there needs to be a balance with cooling foods like cucumbers, lettuce leaves, greens, kales, collards, spinach, arugula, chards, all of that. Um, I'm not a supporter of eating broccoli and cauliflower, but if you are a person that likes that, them. you do. I will say, as if an you Aries like Brussels rising. sprouts, do that. I would say for you on the pepper side, stick with the stick with the fruits, not the capsicums, as in the spices, but the bell peppers. Stick with those; those are a fruit. Those are great for Aries and oily nuts. Soak your nuts to sprout them so that you can wash off the enzyme inhibitors that nature puts on there. It's like a little, little, little arsenic coating that nature puts on there in order to preserve its seeds so it can grow another tree. You just need to wash those off. You need to rinse. You need to soak your, your nuts and sprout them. But you don't have to do that with Brazil nuts, but you do have to do that with the other nuts and then they're digestible. Aries would do really, really well with a more oily more dense, a little bit denser to slow down the process of, I have the vision. Let me put it out there and move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And what's going to help Aries with that. I got to, I got to leave you now. I've started the creation. I'm not going to follow through. I got to go on to the next one, especially for those areas that lack earth. Aries needs to have something that's more grounding root vegetables for Aries. Aries primary thing. Big time. The the detriment to an Aries existence, and this doesn't always present itself as hyperactivity. I've met a lot of quiet Aries. It it comes down to focus. It's all about where you are in your mind. And for an Aries that feels like they have trouble focusing, or they have a flurry of ideas and they can't really pin one down, or they can't really commit to following through with one, then that is that is where diet, this diet that you're talking about. Ground food. Ground food. And berries. Yes. Blueberries for Aries because it gets Aries out of the head and Aries then can speak their truth through their throat with blueberries because that's a bl- that's a blue, that's a throat chakra dominant food. Blackberries. Anything that's going to get Aries to come down here. And um, citrus. I would totally say citrus because that's all heart food. All citrus is cleansing and it can cleanse out that impatience, that feeling of fire and I got to go. Actually, citrus, people think citrus is really fiery because it's acid, but it's actually the body converts it to alkaline when it enters the system. And it can actually be really soothing and very cleansing and releasing and help Aries release that need to fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And it can really activate more of the endorphins and help Aries to relax. Um, I would say for Aries too, a lot of green food, lots of greens. And if you're going to have legumes, sprout them, Mm -hmm. sprout your legumes, but ground food for Aries. Totally. Yeah. I would say that if we look at like, what is the archetype of Aries? Aries is the athlete, you know, Aries is, is the the personal trainer. They're the personal trainer. So what, what would a personal trainer eat? What would the athlete eat? Well, a lot of athletes and personal trainers will eat a lot of meat. We're not meat eaters, so we're not going to promote that. I'm not an animal eater. What I'm getting at is it's, it's 
not so much about what it is that you're eating. It's more about making sure that the foods that you're putting in yeah. are on a more routine sort of, uh, you eat more routinely. You eat certain set meals in a day. Consistent. And you make sure that those meals are very uh, nutrient-dense meals. Yes. So there's there can't be much fluff because an Aries needs to have the, the nutrient-dense foods to ground yeah. them. It's got to be grounding. They need to really be focused. So I say make your foods focused. And, and that's I, what I found as as you know saturn and aries aries rising in the first house i've found that focusing my meals has brought a lot of that grounding energy to mm-hmm. me uh, making sure that the things that i'm eating they are they aren't adding any extra fluff to what it is that i'm supposed to be getting just making sure it's right. very straightforward stuff you know and green tea and green juices yes. for aries Juices and for no, all no of the archetypes. No, no caffeine. caffeine. No coffee. So decaf yeah. green tea. No yeah. coffee. It's too acidic. I, I would say that it like the caffeine and green tea can be. You have to really go buy. You have to try it and see it because it's. As Eat, we've well, talked about, green tea has different levels of caffeine not, depending it, on the leaf. Green tea is. Uh, in Ayurvedic, green tea is a it's a calming food. It is. It's calming for me. Uh, I drink caffeinated yin, green tea. Right, is what we would call that. It it's is a yin, yin because food. it's liquid. Yeah, yeah. And it's so a feminine. Then, but we have coffee is acidic. It's a yang yeah. food, and so yang is going to exacerbate that I fire. Know. And so we're kind of combining like what you would see in Ayurveda, which is ancient. Hindu Indian of that sort of region of the Indus Valley combining that with what you might see in ancient China you see a lot of overlap and similarities there in terms of their diet and how they categorize things and so you you can find that all the same sort of principles are in line if you're a very fiery outgoing driven uh, person if that's your nature if you're somebody who needs to take action as that's what we would classify Aries as then you might be somebody who's prone to hyperactivity or prone to little focus or prone to starting one thing and not finishing it. And if you find that those are symptoms that fit you, if you find that you're getting angry a lot, that's another symptom, then you need to look at the foods that are more acidic or yang or pitta. All of those things are the, roughly the same thing. Those are foods that you need to cut back on. You need to introduce more yin foods, calming, receptive foods, grounding foods. Also, if you're in Aries, but all you have is your son in Aries and you really are feeling like you need to give your vision and and share your vision but you feel repressed you feel like that's stuck that's when you're going to need to have a little bit more fire mm-hmm. like i've met some people that they only have their sun in aries but the rest of their chart is so water dominant absolutely and so that's when you need to do add some spice yep. do add something that's going to give you a little bit more fire to get yourself out there and offer your vision yep so okay because we could talk about yeah. <laughs> we could talk about Aries for Aries. That's why we're only doing four in the first for the first one. We're gonna do four in three different episodes, which is really wise. Taurus. Oh, this is so easy. <laughs> yeah. Being raised by a double Taurus. Yeah. And I birthed a Taurus. <laughs> Kinds of Taurus. I, I think there's one thing that Taurus needs to start first and foremost. And Taurus needs to really be aware of where they are in their diet. If you are, as a Taurus, utilizing food as a coping mechanism, which is something that Taurus falls into so easily, that is when it's time to really take a step back and make changes in your diet. 
not all Tauruses are equal. And some Tauruses, they, they may have not as many issues because Taurus rules food, just like Cancer does. So Taurus might have a great relationship with food. Taurus might also have a very negative relationship with food where they use it as a drug. And if you're a Taurus who uses food as a drug, you find yourself not being in control of your weight, not being in control of your mental faculties. You feel like you're too slow. You can't pick up the pace. This is when it's time to analyze, am I eating when I don't need to eat, but rather when I feel emotionally triggered by something? Oh, yeah. It, your body and Taurus can pack it in mm -hmm. and not feel the effects of that because for the bounty is so stout. Long time. It's easy for Taurus that don't have that doesn't have strong fire placements in their chart to gain weight. And I hear this a lot from my Taurus clients as well. When I find out when they say, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to lose weight. And then I find that there's a strong second house placement in their chart and there's a strong Taurus placement in their chart. So for Taurus, the food, obviously, we already talked about to, you know, to avoid is all that comfort food. Taurus really needs to focus on strong, nutrient-dense food that's going to be grounding so they feel that comfort. Again, some ground food. And I would say for Taurus, probably not so much cooling kapha food. I would not do a lot of cooling food because that's really just going to keep you down and keep you kind of lazy. Mm -hmm. More spice for Taurus. Mm -hmm. More heat, more fire. Um, like even, and I'm again, I'm a raw foodie, but most people aren't. A hot soup, a hot vegetable soup with some cayenne pepper in there. To, so you're going to get the comfort of the soup, but you're going to get some of that spice in there. Um, Asian food is really good for the Taurus Absolutely. System. Fermented food would be really good for Taurus as food, well. crucial. And a lot of Taurus, at least that I've met, they have sort of a repulsion to fermented food. I know. And it's the one thing that would really, because a lot of them have gut imbalance. I know, it's true, but it would be really, really good for them. Um, Taurus needs to avoid the oily food as we talked about. Taurus does really well with green food. Fresh salads, greens, lots of greens, and fresh vegetables. And Taurus does really, really well with a lot of fruit, actually. Mm-hmm. A lot of fruit is really, really beneficial for Taurus. Um, one of the um, raw vegan athletes that I had read about online, he's a he's a uh, born on a new moon, sun and moon in Taurus. This was like over a decade ago. And he became a fruitarian and did the 80-20-20 diet and thrived, lost a ton of weight because he was eating. What is that, the 80-20-20 diet? Um, where you eat 80% fruit and then 20% um, fat and 20% protein. Oh, okay. And, a, and it's a chiropractor who created that diet. And that chiropractor, I think has a lot of Taurus in his chart too. And they became, you know, these really lean, really muscular athletes. And I find for Taurus that that can work to have focus on more raw fruit, which gives you a lot of energy, but helps you feel grounded and satiated because Taurus wants things to taste good. Mm -hmm. Taurus wants to feel comforted. Taurus wants to feel that nourishment and eating a lot of raw fruits is very enjoyable for Taurus. Taurus is looking for the sweetness in life. Yeah. I would also say that if you are a Taurus who it feels like you're really struggling to get a hold of your diet, this may apply to you. I've found that this is a pitfall that some Tauruses can run into. Stop eating out. Because oh as gosh, a Taurus, yes. it can be sometimes 
especially if you're not in control of yourself or you feel like you're not in balance or understanding with yourself, you can go to the ease of just ordering food to through DoorDash or Postmates or things to have it delivered to you because that's comfortable. It's easy. You can stay at home in your bed, in your couch, in front of your TV. Taurus needs to get back in the kitchen and Taurus, cook their own food. I This is more important from my perspective than any of the actual types of food because Taurus can eat so many types of food without feeling the effects cook your own food because that's part of the meditation that will get you in touch with yourself. It'll get you start starting to really get a grasp and a responsibility over what it is that I'm putting in my body. If I'm making it myself, then you can control the taste. You can control the calories. You can control everything that you need to control. It'll make you feel like you can control your life. Yeah. Taurus also for you, lots of vegetables and herbs. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of vegetables and herbs because it helps you to really feel that nourishment, that groundedness, all those different flavors, those tastes. And please invite a friend or a family member over oh, so yeah. that you can cook for them because Taurus loves to provide. Taurus You'll eat needs- less when you provide for others. Absolutely. I'd say overall arcing message for Taurus is Taurus needs to form a spiritual connection with food. And if you are a Taurus who is disconnected from your food in any way, and you're not going through the whole process, you're not connected to what the ingredients are, you're not connected to how you're getting the food, that's when things start to slip out of control and and it's when you're out of balance. Absolutely. Okay, Gemini. This is, Gemini is a little bit more challenging because we just like a wide variety and we don't want to dive deeply into our food. We're too busy talking. (laughs) Yes. So and it, say Gemini's a snacker. Yeah, Gemini's a snacker, a grazer, and yeah, Gemini's not a committer to meals, and that's fine. I'm I'm not. A, I only eat one meal a day anyway, and I, I graze through it. Um, it's really important for Gemini to be as social as possible when eating. That's actually really really helpful, and that's not so helpful for some of the other signs, but for Gemini. Um, being with others because then we're deep into the conversation and then we find that we don't actually need to eat as much because we're satiated by the information that's being exchanged. For Gemini, food needs to be play and it needs to be fun and there needs to be a variety. So Gemini really needs to vary. Fruits, vegetables. Gemini needs to eat a lot of ground fruit. Uh, the base, One of the basis of my diet is green leaves and cucumbers. That's huge because we're so all up here in the mind and we need to get down into the body. Mm-hmm. Also, because when Gemini is agitated or super tired or irritated because it's mercury, mercurial and mercury rules the nervous system and that will go directly to the digestive system, we can lose our appetite when we're upset. So Gemini definitely needs green tea. It's something that's soothing to the Gemini mind. It's calming to the mental body. Anything that doesn't irritate, exacerbate vata, Mm -hmm. air ether, is what Gemini needs. Gemini, when it's moving into the cooler season, needs oily nuts and seeds. That's going to calm the mind down. Gemini needs soothing hot teas. Gemini, if you love soup, eat a soup. That would be really good. And make sure that you're not eating huge meals. Huge meals do not work well for mercurials at all. Not at all. We do better if we just eat little meals. A couple handfuls of berries. Um, You know, like a a little salad with some soaked nuts and seeds on the top. Uh, maybe Maybe you like hummus. 
Maybe you like a little pate, dip some vegetables in some hummus. We like things fun. If we feel like we're at a social gathering, we can just dip a little here and there. Just make sure it's super, super healthy. Don't combine too many foods in one meal. It's too much for your body. That's too much information, but yet that's what we're going to want to do. Oh, look at that over there. Oh, I, I mean, this is the way I used to be before I was a raw foodie. It was just like, oh, look at that. If we go to a banquet or a, you know, smorgasbord, there's an interesting word. But, you know, I grew up with that. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's like 50 dishes here. Oh, the, you know, this is me as a kid. Oh, but there's scalloped potatoes over there. I like that. Anything with cheese in it. Oh, look at all the dishes with cheese in it. Oh my gosh. Oh, I could have a little bit of that and have a pretty soon you have this huge plate. You've got like five black olives. You have two or three different potato dishes. I have, you know, and I wasn't a big meat eater then either, but I'd like have some chicken. And then there was like, all, it was always the starch. Gemini is also going to go for the starch too. <laughs> That's not good for any of the signs. Gemini needs to just like commit to maybe like five different small things in one meal. Feel satiated from that. Talk with people while you're eating. I've, I've looking at it from the outside, I think, what does Gemini want? And like you said, Gemini wants to be social. They want to be able to have all the energy they need to be able to go out and connect with as many people as possible and do all the things that they want to do it differs throughout the day and the year and connect with all the different ideas that they have. And they want to be able to basically do whatever fun thing it is that they want to do at the moment, which is any and all of those things, which can encompass a wide variety of activities. And so what I think of is in terms of a detriment for Gemini and their diet, is that Gemini will gravitate towards whatever gives them those the ability to do that, but not from a long-term perspective, from a short-term perspective. So coffee is a really big detriment for oh Gemini. Oh my gosh, never coffee yep. for Geminis. Mm -hmm. Never anything that's mentally stimulating for Geminis. Yep. Never alcohol for yep. any of the signs, but especially not Gemini and Virgo. Yep. Ever. Also, Gemini is the only sign. Like I'm like analyzing this while you were sharing that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, would any of the other signs be able to do this? Aries could do this, definitely, and so could Sag. Okay, so Aries, Gemini, and Sag. You can stretch and do yoga while you eat. That's fascinating. I can. Hmm. And I'm completely present. Because what happens, like, if I'm eating and I'm stretching, if I'm, if I'm like, sitting on the floor and I'm eating and, like, right now I'm sitting, I'm in a yoga pose, I can actually focus on my body and I'm eating and I can get into my body while I'm actually stretching. That's something that I would say those three signs can do and actually totally benefit from and really get into their food. Because as we're like sitting on the floor and we're doing a stretch and we're eating, we can get more grounded. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Anything else on Gemini that you can I think, think of? I think that's about it. Okay. Um, never snacks for Gemini either. Not like, not like, like American that's, that's food is bad for everybody, a, but never. Gonna, we're we're going to go through that through all three of the air signs. I think will be the same thing there. No, no conventional snacks. No way. Uh, you can't like, like any of the like lays or anything like that. That's no where... candy. All of that is out. But, yeah. for, but I would say out of all the signs, Gemini is going to be the most attracted to processed, packaged, convenient, pretty colored, flavored, fun food. Fun for sure. But I would say that in my short time as that type of Aquarius, I too was attracted to the same things. Not necessarily because maybe because it was fun, but because I liked how it made me feel to just eat snack food all the time. 
I guess it was fun. Oh, I guess it was the because, same kind of thing. That's because it was forbidden in our household too, so it was a rebellion thing for you. It was, but that wasn't that wasn't the. Only, I I mean, when you start, yes. When when the first time, yes. But the second, third, fourth, fifth time, it becomes less about rebellion and more about. Oh, I like this. Yeah. You know. Yep. Well, it's designed to to provoke that. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Okay. So cancer. <laughs> Now, cancer can get really caught up in too much water. And and this is, I would say for the water signs, and I'll say this especially for cancer, soup may not always be the best thing for oh, you. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. The soup. I'm just remembering. And cancer will want soup. I'm remembering one of, one of uh, my, my good friends who's a cancer. She, the only thing, it was her number one go-to comfort food every single time yep. was pho. Or ramen. Yep. It was those two things yep. every single not time. Not the best thing for cancer because it's gonna it's just gonna keep you stuck in your emotional ruminating. Nana with cancer rising and soup and pudding. <laughs> Creamy puddings and soups. Fatty fatty cancer. Don't do too much fat, cancer. It's just because the shell, yeah. it's good. And cancer is actually super physical and usually has a great physique, actually. Yeah. Because of that, you know, that it the image of the crab unless, and the hard unless armor. Unless you're trying to protect yourself I from know. some deep emotional but wound. And cancer, then it, you got to be really careful with the fatty, sugary desserts, anything that feels like it's going to be maternally nurturing, especially if cancer wasn't breastfed as a child. Here's the number one thing. it Cancer... And any of the any of the water placements can struggle with utilizing food as a coping mechanism instead of utilizing food as nutrients or sustenance. And so there will be a difference between what it is that you're that you're feeling in your mind versus your body. And the mind will say, oh, man, that food that really sounds good right now. Like yesterday, I was like, you know, I eat sugar every once in a while because I like the taste of it because the mind goes like that would be such like a fun like like it would be such an inviting and comforting and, and wonderful sensation to have this in our body right now. And the stomach goes, please, God, not again. No, please no more and the mind goes quiet down stomach we're having fun right now we're going to we're going to indulge in the pleasure and the warmth of home and the comfort of what feels good to us well because cancer rules the breasts uh-huh. cancer rules the pecs the nipples this whole area in the front of the heart the armor of the heart Cancer has to be very nurturing to that. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about cancer can't eat watery foods. I would say sea vegetables are excellent for cancer. I think that cancer can... I think cancer is one of those signs that can have a wide variety of things that it I can agree. eat. I think what cancer needs to work on is the relationship to its food. Yes, it needs to be nurturing. It needs to be really nurturing yep. and not from a short-term perspective of if I have this little taste right now, this will comfort me for a little bit. Because cancer can't stop with one little taste. Not exactly. ever. You will, you'll never get out of the cycle if you continue to indulge the mind of just eating things that make you feel short-term pleasure. You You'll never get to the root cause of the things that are at, that you're actually trying to prevent yourself from feeling. Something that I learned that I helped a couple of cancer clients years ago with, and something that I noticed with Nana with Cancer Rising and those people that have strong Cancer Rising and Moon and Cancer, it's really important, especially for cancer. I would say for all signs, but especially for cancer, 
eat the nutritious food first and fill your stomach mm-hmm. up with the vegetables, with the fresh fruit in the morning or in the early afternoon, whenever you break your fast. Make sure that you're filling up with everything that's going to make you feel comforted and nurtured. And then if you want to have something a little sweet, but you got cancer's going to go for the sweet. You, you got to be careful about using the words comfort and nurtured, though, because comfort and nurtured to a cancer who's not acknowledging the nutritious foods is going to be the sweet things. Well, it's that's going why to be I said you're going to fill things. up. I said fruit. It needs to be and nutritious. Vegetables. You need not. I would say for any cancer, do not think about what you def- if you're struggling with your diet, if you're struggling with regulating your emotions and you just haven't looked into diet and you know, because you you know deep down that the food that you're eating is not good for you. If you if you relate to what I'm saying right now, you know that what you're eating is not good for you. You're just ignoring that. Stop going for the things that feel comforting or nutritious, or sorry, comforting or nurturing to you. Go for the things that feel nutritious and scientific. That's what you need to do. Yep. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Also, cancer is going to want to really indulge in dessert. And cancer, make fruit, fresh fruit your dessert. That's also really important. Um, The cancer stomach can be really sensitive. Also, cancer, if if you were shown early in your life to emotionally eat, do your best to get out of that. When you're emotional, allow, because the emotions are in the gut. The emotional body filters through the colon. There's more nerves in the gut than there are in the brain. The mental body, it filters through the human brain here. The emotions filter through the gut brain here. Cancer, when you're feeling, allow yourself to emote. Never eat to cover up your emotions because your emotions are a form of nourishment. There's information. The only reason that we consume anything is because we're looking for information. There's light codes in the food. There's light codes in the mental body. There's light codes in the emotional body. We're always gaining information, knowledge. And so if you're feeling emotional, express your emotions. If you need to go take a bath, take a bath to do that. Do all of that before you ever put any food in your body. That's one one thing that I've noticed a lot, especially about cancer, is the emotional eating. People that have cancer rising emotional eating, my mother. People with moon in cancer, I know many people that are moon in cancer that emotionally eat. I have a family member who's moon in cancer who emotionally eats. And then you get a weight problem. You're, there's an inflammation. There's an expansion and you're never happy with your body. Allow yourself to emote first. And then go take that bath, take a walk in the rain, go sit by the stream, the river, the ocean, whatever, and process all those feelings before you ever put any food in your mouth. Because if you emotionally eat, first of all, you're not eating for any nutrition. And second of all, you're going to overeat and you're going to feel badly about your body. I just find that to ring particularly true for people with a lot of strong cancer in their chart. I totally agree. I think that that is... The most important thing for a cancer to do, if 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 they're not already in a at a good place with their with their emotions and their body, if they don't feel in touch with with either of those things so much, or they feel like those things are uncontrollable, then yes, that is the number one thing that I would look to is eating to cover up emotions, and that's exactly what I was saying before with eating, thinking about things in terms of nurturing and comfort versus sustenance. 
Yeah, I mean, we could even backtrack and just before we, we finish this episode, Gemini, if Gemini was given this example in the early part of life, Gemini can eat in order to try to forget something. Mm-hmm. Gemini can can mentally eat. If mm-hmm. Gemini doesn't feel mentally satiated, Gemini will eat because they're bored. Mm-hmm. And then you get a weight problem. Taurus, if they feel like they're uncomfortable, they can eat in order to feel comfortable. Aries, if you feel like you're not getting your vision out there out of frustration, you can frustration eat. And all of those places of eating, uh, for me, I trained myself early on because my body just wouldn't tolerate a whole lot of food. I literally flipped it when I was an older teenager, when I moved to New York, because I was eating because I was so frustrated. I was so dissatisfied. I was grinding my teeth in my sleep. I was eating a lot of snack foods, a lot of processed foods. And my body blew up overnight as a teenager. And when I moved to New York City and went to musical theater school, I didn't have a whole lot of time to do that. And my body slimmed down fast. And I realized not eating is way more powerful than eating is. And that's when I started to really learn about fasting. I learned I had more energy from fasting throughout most of the day. I learned that eating very small meals or one small meal or just one meal in general is way better for my body. And I would say across the board for all of the archetypes, that is actually optimal. Eat less because your body is, is, a mirror to the planet. It's a mirror to the earth. There's more water on this planet than there is land mass. There's more water in your body than there is dense material. And so drink more structured water, drink more green tea, drink more herbal tea, drink more green juices, drink more healthy juices and eat less. And all the signs are going to feel better. And I would say that the one other thing that I would add to all of the signs is that before, and this is kind of going to be a theme throughout all of these, and we've already touched on this a bunch, but every sign needs to make sure before they are really evaluating their diet, they need to get in touch with their relationship to their body and food. Because just like it can be very easy for a lot of, like say for the more emotional signs to overeat, or any of them really, because emotion is natural in all in all people, it can be just as easy for them to undereat. And so you have to make sure that you have a realistic expectation of what nutrition is and what food is. You have to detach yourself from the emotional connotation to wanting your body to look a certain way. Because if you are if you are coming at this from a perspective of like, say you're listening to this and you're and you're unhealthily underweight yeah. and you think, oh God, I'm eating too much. Well, where's that coming from? That's coming from your connection to wanting to look, you know, skinny, model-esque, mm-hmm. etc. You need to eat more if that's the case. And you need to make sure that you're looking at it from a detached perspective. I don't attach emotion to food in that way. I do a little bit, but it's not not in not in the way of like when I think about food, I I'm not swayed in an emotional way to like, "Oh my god, I need to get like bigger. I need to eat this food." That doesn't motivate me or like, "Oh my god, I need to lose weight." Oh my god, I'm so disgusting. I need to lose weight. Like I need if you need to be very realistic with yourself and if you're coming at food from that perspective, Nobody should be coming at food from any kind of perspective that is that emotionally swayed 
Food is not meant to be that way. It is meant to provide the nutrition that you need to do what it is that you want to do in life. And you need to make sure that you are upholding your base levels of nutrition. Absolutely. Okay, so stay tuned for our next week's episode and we'll get into the next four yeah. archetypes. Thank you so much uh, to everyone who listened to this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, feel free to check us out on Instagram at One Long Conversation to get some updates on our future episodes, our future content. Um, you can also follow us on Patreon and become a member. We have a lot of interesting and awesome perks and uh, cool ways to connect with us and, and our community that we're forming there. So go over to Patreon uh, at One Long Conversation and you'll find us there. Um, we also have these episodes going out on YouTube now. So if you go to YouTube yet again at One Long Conversation, uh, you will find video versions of these episodes. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. We'll see you next time.